Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And on this episode, uh, we're going to kind of bring you some current events. Because let's be honest, recently we've done nothing current event. We've purely been talking about the game that we've been sort of wrapped up in. Because uh, we do that. And, uh, well, I mean, in our defense... Y'all asked for it, and then you got what you asked for. And I hope it's not too much, but if it is, let us know. But it's also kind of current events, because House of the Dragon does exist. It does, and it's actually really good. If y'all are into that flavor and you were worried it was not great, uh, give it a little watch. Uh, I'm in his having... little outfit doing little crimes. Yeah, God. It is a great example of like characters that are terrible, but also really compelling in a terrifying way. Damn you, Matt Smith. Damn you. Um... Yeah, I guess House of the Dragon does make it topical. But in more topical sense, uh, recently Warhammer Day happened, which is a a day once a year. I'm sure it's on an anniversary of the founding of the company or something where uh, Games Workshop, who is the biggest sort of manufacturer in the tabletop wargaming sphere, puts out a number of releases to kind of let us know what we're going to get going forward uh, and maybe to signal what their intentions are later on down the line and um they put these out at in like live streams where they put it all together but it'd be kind of hard to follow if you aren't able to watch the live stream itself it's in a couple of different articles and not all of the context from the live stream gets put to the article so we thought we'd take a little bit of time to just run through quickly what they revealed uh what might make it interesting uh maybe some things that make us a little bit nervous or uh Hopefully, why we're excited about some of it because, man, it's there's some stuff in here that I think is actually really cool, and it's gonna be great to be able to talk really positively about Games Workshop for the first time in just a little bit. Yeah, on their 35 year old anniversary, because it is on the anniversary of the uh, company. Hot damn, I knew it. Uh, but yeah, I feel like lately I wouldn't say we're like angry or like mad about Warhammer. It's just. I don't know. Some of it has felt a little weird, and we haven't really been thinking about it much. Uh, but now, coming at you with mostly good stuff, because uh, these reveals, I got to say, pretty cool. But first, thinking pretty big. Thinking pretty big about the, them Warhams. Yeah, yeah. Well, as big as we could think with our tiny brains. So smooth. No ridges. But first, hobby time and games played. All right, John. Uh, so what you been up to? Well, um, first off, figuring out that ruffles have ridges. and uh, Ruffles do off, have ridges. Ruffles got them ridges. I've been painting more Greyjoys. Uh, mm-hmm. Steadily working on that. Thinking about Skaven. That counts. Uh, thinking about world leaders for reasons mm-hmm. we'll talk about. And that counts. And I played a couple of games of Song of Ice and Fire against a friend of mine's Targaryens. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. How was that? Um, Targaryens all cavalry. I don't. Yeah, no, I got no cavalry. Yeah, you have zero cavalry. Well, it's hard to One, put horses on boats. <laughs> yeah, so like horses versus not horses can sometimes be hard. Because if you don't have horses to fight horses, then the horses just trample dude. Yeah, horse, fast. Dude on foot, no fast. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like how, like, when your buddy was the first one to get a pickup, he was immediately, like, king of the house. Yeah, yeah, he was cool as could be. Yeah, like, you can't match it. Can't match it. Mm -hmm. Like, done. Or, like, when your dude got a dirt bike or, like, a four-wheeler and you didn't, and you were like, aw, man, like, shit. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that pain. Although in our group, someone got a, I think it was a late 80s Windstar van, which was the ugliest thing known to man. And we had to keep the windows open when we drove down the highway or we'd die of carbon monoxide poisoning. But God, it was cool at the time. Yeah, but like you can fit a lot of beer in a Windstar. We did rip the back seats out. 
and replace it with a mattress where we could all just like lay about and hang out. It was really cool. Like when I say that, people are like, huh, huh, to bring girls. No, 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 no. Not us. No, no, no. There's like four dudes parked in a Walmart parking lot so that the snacks are easily accessible and they can play D&D for six hours. Like that's, yeah, that's what we're talking Much about. Much more accurate. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to paint a cooler picture than it was. Uh, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. But I'm, did you uh, end up losing that game, I presume? I did. I did. I lost that game. But it was it was at least close. Like, still holds true to the A Song of Ice and Fire game is generally pretty balanced and close, and nothing feels like a complete stop. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a good game. I planned on playing more. So That's awesome. And you said you've been thinking about them there, world eaters? Which, I mean, we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, I'm doing that big thinking about them world eaters. Um, sad dad complex aside, I gen- genuinely enjoy melee armies, and I really like corn as a flavor. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to have them finally come out. I've been waiting for this army for years, and I just really want them to be here. I don't know when they'll be here, and I hope they're not like squats. But, like, I'm very excited. If they are like squats, sorry, everybody. I'm still going to play them. Like, <laughs> We'll just have to find you a list that isn't, you know, totally crushing. I mean, also, though, with squats, when they were crushing, they did respond fairly quickly. Right, which we'll talk about more about in the episode. Mm-hmm. For the hope, but still, I'm excited to play them. I'm also excited to see what, from my Chaos Space Marines, I can just repaint mm-hmm. and bring as part of that faction. Because uh, I'm genuinely going to have to make the decision, I think, between do I just play World Eaters and get rid of my other Chaos Space Marines, or do I not and play both? Yeah. And I think the answer is probably going to be just play World Eaters. I think that is probably the answer also, but that could be a discussion we do at like a later time. Yeah, I think there's something to that. A lot of it would probably port over just fine. Except for like Abaddon. I don't know, I can do a kit bash for Abaddon and make like a really cool dude. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, Demon Prince. Ooh. Yeah, like a big giant clawed corn demon prince. Yes. Could be cool. Could be real cool. But, uh... For me, I'm going to be honest, y'all, I got nothing to talk about. Normally, I'm the one who kind of like carries this section because I'm a pretty consistent hobbier and I play some games or I read some books, uh, but I was on vacation for the last two weeks. Uh, I went out to South Dakota with some, my wife and some friends and just didn't do anything productive rode big old horses through the Black Hills and went and looked at buffalo and bighorn sheep in the Badlands. Uh, really came to love the little prairie dogs and now Yahoo, like they do whenever I'm happy. Um, went to a brothel tour and did Wild Westy photos and kind of decompressed my brain because I've had a rough year in the personal life. Um... So I, I just didn't do any hobbying. There was no painting out there. There were no models out there. I was God for a full two weeks. Um, I did, though, read a Warhammer book, uh, Scourge of Fate, which is a story about a chaos warrior trying to go through his trials to become one of the Varengard, which are like the elite bodyguards of Archeon himself. And what a wild book that was. Man. Chaos is scary. That's really what I learned. Chaos do be scary, though. <laughs> chaos do be scary. Man, like, he's he's got this quest to do, which is in itself is ridiculous, but not a, like, there is one spot for the Varengard, and there are two people vying for it who are, like, leaders of full war bands, and you have to accomplish your quest while also probably killing the other person because you both can't get it. And the quest itself is also terribly difficult. And there's a bunch of like interplay of politics between the actual war bands themselves. So like you could either die politically or get stabbed by your opponent or get killed by one of the enemy forces that you were going up against for your quest. Uh, just so much that could go wrong. And it's so damn difficult. Uh, but it was cool to see chaos in that light from the perspective of a person living in the chaos wastes. And what that is actually like. 
really cool. But, uh, I mean, mostly I came back with motivation to do stuff. Um, I don't know. I walked around with a whole bunch of weight from stuff that happened earlier this year, uh, with family stuff. And, uh, you know, nothing like cool mountain air at high altitudes to, uh, clear your head a little bit. And, uh, now I'm back and looking forward to hobbying and painting and playing some games and having a good time. Uh, yeah, man, nothing fixes internal pain like horse. Yeah. Yeah. Big old horse. God, big horse. It was a big draft horse that's actually used for, uh, sleigh rides that they put on out there. Uh, it was like, I ended up on it. And of course I ended up on the ornery horse that they're like, yeah, he gets ridden like once a year. <laughs> okay. Um, but he was all right. His name was Frosty. Kamba. We had an accord, him and I. It was a little odd. We came, we came to an agreement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those, like, you ride a horse around, you kind of get to figure out what they like or don't like. And what he really hated were soft inputs. Like, give him hard input so he knows what you want, or he wanted no input at all, and he'll just choose his own path. And fair enough. Um, once we figured that out, had a great time. And I got to wear a little cowboy hat while we did it. Which was... So dorky, but a great time. Um, yeah, now that I'm back, I, uh, the only thing I've done for hobby progress outside of reading that book is uh, we got back into town uh, like the day before I'm recording this. Well, I guess we got it technically Saturday night, but like that was such a blur, I don't count it. But I was going to paint last night, and uh, then I realized my wet palette was really yucky from sitting for so long. So I instead washed that out. So now I am set up to hobby. I think I might just try to finish some stuff that was in progress before I had to stop. So I think I might finish up my unit of Chaos Warriors, maybe finish up a unit of Tau that's been sitting over there for a little while until uh, I sort of have the wild hair to paint a full army, which, to be honest, might end up just being Night's Watch, depending on how much we keep playing A Song of Ice and Fire, like Addicts. Because, man, that's a good game. But, uh, I don't know. Otherwise, I don't have a whole lot to share other than looking forward to doing more. And to be honest, I'm also kind of looking forward to some of the reveals that they put out. Beth, play the music. All right, John. So, as we mentioned earlier, these uh, can be just a little scattered. So we're going to try to take them and put them in an order and just kind of take these reveals one at a time. And I think sort of the big one that is maybe, like, the most eye-grabbing, for me at least, uh, was the Cadia box they announced. Man, uh, for people out there, if you play Imperial Guard, it is a great time to be you. Um, the Imperial Guard for a long time, well, I guess I should, for people who aren't super familiar, the Imperial Guard are uh, essentially like normal humans in the Warhammer 40k universe. Like, most of the factions are these giant, incredible warriors who wear magical or power-armored or are, you know, an alien race that's uber, uber tough or uber smart or reproduces rapidly or, you know, whatever have you. And all of them are terrifying in their own monstrous ways, uh, sort of verging towards this terrible cosmic horror that cannot be surmounted. Uh, and then you have the Imperial Guard, which are... Regular guys with tiny laser guns and tanks and, uh, oh, and of course artillery because that's what you need. And, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're amazing and they've been underloved for years. Yeah. And I would say part of that is probably because some of their models are just a little dated. Okay. Some of them are really dated, um, and look a little doofy because they were sculpted a long time ago. But now, yes. whew, that's not the case. And I also think that this range has something similar to, like, the Cities of Sigmar range refresh that they're working on. Or, like, the Skaven range refresh that will eventually come. And that the range is so large, doing a model or two is really not helping, right? Like, you got to do a large section. And even this large section they're doing isn't quite enough. Like, they're going to need to do more. But... That being said, it looks so good and makes the game, like the army and faction as a whole, feel so much better that it is, I am currently 
only stopping myself from playing Imperial Guard right this minute and pulling out the Guardsmen I already have because I <laughs> I already have World Eaters coming. I don't need to, <laughs> to be buying Guard too. Um, but I'm not going to lie. Like, it's tempting to just go out and buy like two big boxes of these Cadian dudes and start building and painting them while like watching Band of Brothers and crying into my wet palette. Like, to really keep it. the wet palette moist. But what, what I'm the most excited about with this update is that they're bringing in something that existed in Forge World and they're just making it in plastic, which is like the new weapons teams, essentially. Like heavy weapons teams. Mm-hmm. They have the normal heavy weapons teams as before, but they're adding field ordnance batteries, which was a thing in Forge World uh, Imperial Guard that is now going to be a thing in like normal 40k Imperial Guard, which makes sense. Like mm-hmm. this is not an army that like has small teams moving out and doing stuff. They make a gun line of meat that behind it has big gun. Yes. I mean, that's oh, in tanks. Like that's, that's the entire strategy. Cause that's all they got. Uh, <laughs> a tank is nothing but a big gun with bigger wheels. Uh, <laughs> tracks, John, <laughs> they have tracks. Well, I guess You're right. not all it, of them. It tracks. There are some it, APCs that are wheeled, but like... Right, it it tracks. It... I'm going to beat the hell out of you. Jesus. Uh, uh, I also <laughs> really love the new joke. Commissar model. Yeah, it's a terrible joke. Uh, it's wretched. You like the new Commissar model? I do. Uh, I like the new Commissar model. He did not because work it, for me. I, I like him because he leans into what the Imperial Guard actually are. Like, it is not trying to look like it a overly heroic or good guy in the posing. The posing just makes him look like a military general and he looks like a Nazi, which is what they should look like. You're not wrong. I just don't like it. Yeah, like you're not supposed to like, he's a commissar. He's supposed to be a bad guy. Like most commissars are bad guys. The reason why like Abram Gaunt or like, um, Cyphus Kane look so different is because they, they, strike themselves differently. Like it's because the reason why they're heroes is, is because they look at their people as people mo- when most commissars don't. So most commissars in the Imperial guard are this, like they are stone faced, cold, calculating monsters who will kill other soldiers. If they try to run away from nightmarish horrors that they probably should be running from. Yeah. Psychological warfare essentially on their own troops. Yeah. And like, they're bastards. Like <laughs> they are. Mm-hmm. And I can't help to feel bad for the individual guardsmen. Um, but now, like, if you do play guard, you're going to get a lot of new kits refreshed out of this going forward. I mean, you're going to get the new uh, shock troops. Uh, you're going to get the command squad. Uh, oh, and they're also going to put this out in like a box set. But uh, they're going to get new field ordnance battery kits. The Sentinel refresh. They're also going to come out with a new tank that will be revealed anytime now. Uh, and all of that's going to be in the new codex. And, uh, I mean, John mentioned you're going to get a new Commissar model. I think there's a couple more models that are coming out that are like HQs. But, yeah, I mean, it's a huge line refresh for Guard. And you get a box set if you're, like, super, super invested. So that's a thing you can go and hop into. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm excited for this new faction uh, of like new book I should say for guard, and I'm curious to see how it plays and how it changes things. <laughs> Me too. Like the guard is a faction I do not play, but that I I have a soft spot for. It, to me, like guard players are just so incredibly incredibly dedicated. So I I just want them to have cool stuff to play with. Uh, so like. This is a really good reveal. I know some people were a little sour because like, yeah, well, we knew it was coming. And like, yeah, we, yeah, we kind of did. But like, yeah, we also know 10th edition is coming next year and we'll be excited about that too. Just enjoy it. <laughs> like, just be happy with the cool models revealed. Like we knew there would be models and there are most certainly going to be more revealed, but it was a great way to start it off. Um, and then next is a new campaign book that they showed off for 40k that I have a lot of thoughts about, many of which are positive, which I normally do not feel about 40k campaign books. Uh, uh, Normally, I have a rather tense relationship with them, 
But they're making some changes to the format of this one that I think is going to be worth discussing. Um, but they revealed this new book that's coming out called The Arcs of Omen, uh, which is going to be a new sort of source book in the Warhammer 40k story that is going to bridge the gap between where we're at now and where we presume they want us to be when they're going to drop the, the story of the new edition. Uh, this is something that they've done before. Uh, specifically, um, when I was uh, playing and started, it was uh, from the end of 8th edition to the start of 9th. They had a series called The Psychic Awakening, which was a series of books that they put out to sort of put out uh, temporary rules to hold people over until the new edition drops. And uh, they, I think the marketing really oversold it, which was part of the problem. But they kind of promised a lot and didn't deliver, arguably, nearly as much as they promised. Um, and that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. But partially because if you wanted to play your faction, you had to buy those books if you wanted to keep up with the current stuff. Because they put rules in it for your army, not just story stuff. And not to mention that certain, certain factions got really shafted with it, and some got to play with it for a while. Yes. Like, Necrons had a, a Psychic Awakening drop, then the new edition came out with a brand new book for them within, like, a month. I don't know if it was a month, but it was a comically short amount of time, just for Yeah, like it was sake. ridiculous. It was really sad. If I had bought it, I'd have been pissed that <laughs> I spent money on a book that was only good for, like, three months. Maybe even less. And if the expectation ahead of time was like, this is a storybook. Like, these ARCs books are storybooks. If I buy them going in, I know that they're storybooks. And, like, they have, like, these boarding action things, right? They have this unique way of playing the game that, like, much like older editions of the game, is kind of evergreen, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's particular, like, terms and stuff. But you can use these rules in later editions of the game and just change some of the words around and play that casually with your buddies pretty easily. Yeah, rather than trying to put in sort of faction-specific rules that you need to play matched play, where one, you have to get them, and two, when the addition rolls over, might not be usable at all. So it just kind of gives it a more of a lease on life. So one, I guess what we know is that in the setting, for those of you who are sort of up to date with what's going on, uh, Abaddon is leading another Black Crusade toward the Imperium Nihilus, which is this... I mean, the Imperium recently was sort of split in half by a giant warp storm because of Abaddon's uh, tactical advances. And the northern half of said galaxy is cut off and really, really struggling to hold everything together. And Abaddon is making a push into Imperium Nihilus. Imperium Nihilus. Bleh. And uh, this is the story of him making that action. And we know we're going to get a number of these books. We don't know how many exactly. But from the stream, we know that this first one is going to be heavily Abaddon's focused. That he is trying to make these sort of giant space hulks into like ritual fonts of power, essentially, for chaos. And then use that to cut off the northern half of the Imperium and then consume it entirely for chaos. But I think this actually signals some good intentions, hopefully, for the future of how they're going to put these books out. And, uh, you know, maybe they did learn how much we really, really disliked Psychic Awakening and some of these other source books towards the beginning of this edition. Um, it has been... I have yet to hear a person who is really happy with having to buy these little books to get army rules. Because they're, I mean, one, they're expensive for like three pages of rules you're going to need. Sometimes not even that. Two, I mean, it's hard to juggle. You know, when you go to play a game, like, oh, yeah, like I have the core rule book and then I have my codex and then I have this supplement magazine from White Dwarf and then I have this little supplement book and all of these together have rules spread out all across it for reference. Oh, and then you have your chapter approved book and like it just, it gets to be messy on top of being expensive for very few pages. Uh, and them being willing to change how they put these out, I hope is, uh, you know, something that bodes well. At least it gives me a little bit of hope that 
if this is the standard going forward, I might be a little more interested in these than I was before because it just won't yeah, grade I mean, as hard. Yeah, like I, I already, I automatically have a higher interest in the Arcs of Omen book. And now, granted, we make content on this channel, so like we probably want to get the Arcs of Omen to read them and see if the story progresses and do some episodes about them. But like from a player standpoint, I'm curious to see where this goes. Like. The Gathering Storm books back in 7th edition were great. They were amazing. Were there army rules in them? Yeah, technically, but only for brand new models. That's where we got Gilliman. That's where we got, like, the Yanari and stuff, right? And that was okay. Uh, but what was the most interesting was the story and what happened with it and the way that the setting progressed. And I'm curious to see where this one's going. And, uh, like, we'll get into it much later in the episode... But it looks like they're pulling some moves on stuff that, like, people who are, like, really dug in deep in the lore have kind of seen coming for a while. But, like, they never hinted that they were moving towards it. Yeah. And I I think this is a much better avenue, especially with them more recently kind of, like, with the squats, right? Updating rules so quickly in response to bad situations and also just kind of giving out rules for free in a lot of ways, like with the balanced data slates. Those haven't just been points changes. Like, all points changes are now free from, and you don't have to buy them from chapter approved, but they also, in the data slates, legitimately added mechanics to units. So, I'm curious to see what this means and what direction this is going in. Do I still think that we're going to have codexes to buy in 10th edition? Probably. Man, but if the I, only thing, I wish not, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, honestly, if the only thing I need to worry about is buying a codex in an edition... And like the core rule book to get my rules and then just get to enjoy the storybooks for what they are. That's at least a step in a better direction. And I'm, I'm willing to enjoy that. Right. I, that's more, that's a more comfortable space for me than like, I got to buy a codex and like I buy all these expansions and like these white dwarfs and yada, yada, yada. Like, mm -hmm. it is a little easier. The only thing I wouldn't like about that is that we're still then on the codex treadmill, which I, I really dislike, but that's a conversation for another time or one that we've already had before. Yeah. And I think that we'll probably have another one, uh, another conversation about that topic closer to 10th edition, because as we do like a retrospective of ninth edition, which this show has been out for most of ninth edition, I think it's a discussion should be had. I mean, I don't disagree. Um, next up. And it's sort of tied to this is they're coming out with a box set where you can play boarding actions. Which I love this. This is great. Yeah, it's, I want to play boarding actions with you, Joseph. I'm, I'm game. I'm totally game. So, like, essentially, it's a big box of terrain that lets you set up hallways and corridors and sort of, like, a ship interior. Like, your guys, instead of being on, like, a big giant battlefield, you are fighting from room to room. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to have its own rules and stuff, but, uh, I actually think this is a really cool idea, uh, to be so like fighting in like a space Hulk or a broken down ship, or you're like boarding someone else's ship and trying to fight your way to their command deck. This isn't a super new idea. They used to have this. It was called zone mortalis sports and they mm -hmm. existed for forge world in seventh edition and sixth edition. And they were they looked super fun. And I remember watching YouTube videos of it and going, man, I really want a Zone Mortalis board. To then go on Forge World and see how expensive it was and going, man, I really can't afford a Zone Mortalis board. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm super excited about this being in plastic because this seems like a great way to like start a campaign or like have like a little break in between fights. Mm -hmm. Right? Like it seems like super fun. And it also looks like you play a smaller game. And, I mean, like, yeah, you have to. Like, there's no way you can fit right. your 2K giant war machines in, like, a ship hallway. And, like, we've talked about it. Like, one of the things we want to see more from 40K is, like, mid-sized games, right? Things that aren't, like, a full 2,000-point list of, like, 200 models or whatever. But, like, uh, I brought, like, 20 dudes that isn't just Kill Team Skirmish, but, like, something in between. And this looks very similar to that feeling. Yeah. Uh, and like the terrain just also looks good from a non-gaming perspective. It does just look cool. And I think it would paint up fairly quickly if you were someone who was inclined to just do like a really cool quick speed paint. So, uh, f I don't know a lot about it exactly about like what the exact rules are going to be, but it's a thing that I actually think is quite cool and is like, like you could take it or leave it, which I 
also makes me a little softer on it because I don't have to go buy it, uh, which I'm just a fan of. But for me, I might actually consider it depending on the price. If, you know, if it falls into the right sweet spot for me, consider me in. Yeah. And like, I'm down for it because I'm just picturing fighting like your Tau, like breacher squads, maybe some crisis suits against like world eaters that I bring in or like yeah. space Marines and they're fighting they're being bastards. How fun would that be? It'd be great. Ugh. Like, I'm about it. Like, I want to see how this goes. Yeah, uh, I don't know when it's going to be coming out, but uh, might be hearing more about that on the show. I don't have a bad thing to say about this. Like, this is just fun. I like this. Like, even if the rules are kind of wonky, it's not the core game. <laughs> so I'll just play the wonky rules. Yeah, it doesn't matter as much. It's lower risk, so to speak. Uh, let's see. Next up, oh, uh, they revealed a new Kill Team box. Um, so as we talked about sort of when Kill Team released, they're releasing, uh, boxes as they go along with new rules and new, uh, sort of individualized Kill Team sculpts in each one of them. Uh, and this one has, uh, at least as we know it, it has a, uh, squad of Carcassans, which are like super elite Imperial Guard troops. They're ODST. It's fine. I mean, yeah, they are ODST, ODST troops if you ever played Halo. Uh, or Halo ODST, which ironically is actually my favorite Halo game. Um, fighting up against some interesting Necron sculpts, which to be honest, I don't find as compelling as the cool Carcassonne models. But not because the Necron ones are bad. It's just the Carcassonne ones are exceptionally cool. Uh, along with some terrain and some rules in the box for you to play them uh, in very particular ways. John, what do you think about this? I love it for a lot of the same reasons I love the last one. <laughs> so mm -hmm. the last box set into the dark really interested me because like, I like Crute. I also like the idea of internal fighting, like interior fighting, but the Carsicans on this is what sells me on this box more. Um, I've also just been looking at the kill team boxes more. And every time I see them, I get really excited because they're, they're mm -hmm. kind of what I want kill team to be in that for like, a, a new person, right? When you buy one of these boxes, everything you need to start playing games and playing multiple games, mm -hmm. which is like, this is the, the approach they have to these kill team starter boxes is something I want to see them have the approach for in other boxes for armies, like full factions and that everything you need to play is in this box and it comes with a story and comes with a thing to do. And that's really cool. I really like it. And I want to see more of it. I, I genuinely don't really have anything bad to say about this release or mo much of the kill team releases. I just haven't had an opportunity to dig into that game. And well, I want to, because it released so terribly. Um, like I think kill team is probably a very good game that just got released in a horrible way with very, very few rules and all of the other factions were kind of underbaked other than the current, like other than the first released ones. Um, but I'm hoping that it's made some progress on that front and the rules have kind of been touched up a little for some of the, the non-boutique kill teams. Because um, it would be something I'd be cool to revisit later on. Um, just, you know, terrible that it had a rough start. And, like, I, I still have hope that, like, because when I see kill team, I think this is a great avenue for getting younger folks into the game. Um, particularly like kids that are doing a, like a after school club maybe, or like maybe their parents or their older brother or older sister are like wanting to show them the game. Like this is a great way of doing that, right? Mm -hmm. And small models, they generally have pretty quick games and it's very fun. Like if I would have had this as a kid, I would be excited. Do you remember that, um, Star Wars like hero clicks game where you shot the things at each other. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes, that was great. And this this has a similar energy. It does. Um, I don't know. I want Kill Team to be good because I like skirmish games. So I'm sort of partial to it. I just I don't know how I feel about some of these boxes they put out. But uh, I'm actually looking forward to see how this one releases. Some of the boxes are shoot in. I don't think this one is. I hope not. I, I would really like for this to be incredible. Um, let's see. Oh, after this, of course, the uh, this one's for John. Uh, they released a new angry man. Chainsaw head. Chainsaw horse. 
Yeah, angry man on chainsaw horse. He's kind of like a horse, like a chainsaw rhino, actually. Uh, yes, chainsaw rhino. It's, but that's the name of the transport. This is getting too confusing, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. So they really uh, they revealed a new world eaters hero called the uh, the Lord Invocatus, um, which is going to be a new HQ for world eaters that is coming out. They're sort of drip feeding this uh, codex out to us. Uh, that we know is releasing this winter, probably before the holiday season. Um, but yeah, they showed off a, a new hero who is this like cool, big, angry red marine man on big demonic rhino with chainsaw nose. And like, he, he looks like he listens to Five Finger Death Punch. And uh, yes. I'm here for it. Yeah, this guy only drinks monster full flavor while smoking Marlboro Reds. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like original green can monster uh 100%. I'm here. Oh, he also wears cargo cutoff shorts everywhere he goes, no doubt. Yeah, he actually his black carapace is just cargo cutoff shorts. Yeah, uh and his visors aren't actually visors, they are knockoff Oakleys he got from the Dollar General. Yeah. 100%. Uh, I'm very excited about this model. I don't love the name. Like, I'll be completely honest. The name doesn't really speak. It does feel or... weird, doesn't it? Like, it feels like a Zinch name. When I f- when I say Lord Invocatus, like that is not the guy I picture. <laughs> I picture maybe like, like a a chaplain or a wizard of some sort or like a a scholar of sorts, but not murder. Not Chad, face. yeah, not Chad Bloodwriter, like. <laughs> It's okay. We know what this faction is. You can lean into it. You can just call him Skull McFuckblood or something. Like, it's fine. <laughs> no one's going to slam you for it. This just feels like, a little odd. Uh, but, like, I love the model. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the whole faction. And I know that, like, amongst the world leader, like, group, there's some folks who are like, man, I don't know. It seems like everything's just chain axes and, like, angry dudes. And I'm like, yeah, that's the faction. That like, is what. That's, like, the core of the entire faction. Did you want waxing poetic? Because that's Blood Angels. Like, we don't get that here. We get Angry Dude X. Like, horse with chainsaw horn. Like, it's supposed to be bombastic and kind of ridiculous. That's what it's going to be. Um, I do think that, like, it is a little underwhelming for some folks. Because it is coming off the edge of, like, the really good squats release. Like, model-wise. Mm-hmm. They did all look of those incredible. Models are, yeah, all those models are bangers. Um. And I think these models are good, but they're they don't reinvent the wheel or bring anything new to the setting, because it, we 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 know what a chaos space man looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, big angry man. Like we we've seen it before, but that that's not necessarily a terrible thing if you do it well. And I think in this case they do it well. And even if you don't like the rider on top, the the mount itself looks incredible. You could rip the rider off and put your own model that you like on top of it, and I think it would look incredible. Uh, I would love to see a chariot of two of those rhinos next to each other with a, like, Roman gladiator space chariot behind it with, like, these dudes shooting, like, a skull cannon out of it. Ooh, wouldn't that be cool? Oh, no, you turn a skull cannon backwards, like, that's the afterburner? And, like, they're using the skull cannon shots to rocket leap forward faster. Yes. Man, that would be awesome. I'm a... I'm... I keep saying I'm about it, but it's because I'm about it. <laughs> it's on account of it being your exact flavor of parental trauma. Um, see, oh, that was going to be the end of the reveal show, but then they gave well, us a little stinger. Before you go, I had like skipped over a sentence in this thing. It mm-hmm. literally says, he leads thunderous charges of blood crushers and berserkers and frontal attacks that light the sky aflame. And some claim he even rides the flames themselves. Is this just a Dragon Force song? It is, and I love it. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> you you have to play through the fire and the flames while you play this faction. I'm sorry. It must be done. God. You don't have a choice. Amazing. You know yes, what must be done. we rode in on Flames of Fury as we just trample you underfoot. Like, just, I'm... That sounds amazing. Yes. If I'm going to lose, that's how I want to lose. Like, that's the way to go. 
Yeah, I actually think this guy's really cool. I don't have a whole lot of thoughts about world eaters in general because it's really John's thing. But I just get to kind of look on from the sidelines and go, <laughs> neat, uh, and have a good time. Because they do really, really wear their identity on their sleeve. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, and then lastly, maybe the spiciest bit that I think some people are going a little nuts with, and I want them to be right, but I, I, I don't know if they are. Uh, at the end of the stream, there was like a, a video that they started playing, which is actually really cool. If you haven't seen it, it's up on their Warhammer community site. You should go watch it. It's also on their YouTube, uh, where you see a, a sort of trailer that's animated with a bunch of static interference, um, about how Abaddon is looking in new directions for help. And uh, at the end, they show a dark silhouette of a creature that is tall and covered in cables and wires with wings. And uh, some people are taking this as like, oh my god, it's Doc Mechanicus, which are people who worship the machine spirit and also chaos. And they've been in the books forever. And I get why people are super, super excited about this, because Dark Mechanicus on a tabletop would be incredible. So cool. And I do think that this is tied to it in some way. But I personally think that this is probably going to be a sort of mechanically flavored Demon Prince character, as opposed to a quick reveal for a full Dark Mechanicus army, at least for now. That could change in the future. Um, but man, I would love for them to be writing at full Dark Mechanicus force. Those would be sick models to see. I also think that that would be a sick thing to see. I think that this is not going to just be a Demon Prince. Like I think this is a full-fledged new character that yep. is a different type of Chaos Faction. And I mean, they even talk about an arc, so what's it what's? That there's going to have new characters, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I mean. Character. I think he is a named Demon Prince character. Well, there's a, there's a lot of talk about who this could be in the lore. And I think that this is a female character. Like, I think that this will be a female mm. demon of sorts. Like, in, in uh, the Black Legion books, there's a AI in one of the ships that is a gestalt of a bunch of other ship AI mm -hmm. that then gets a body. And I'm pretty sure this might be that. Mm, that'd be cool. Um, with a like demon princey like body with like wings and like this claw thing that shoots out and this cool hammer. But I think you're probably right in that this won't be a full faction on release. But I think this might be the first character that they make rules for to bring with any chaos faction through these books. Like this model will be released with rules in its like box. But you meet them in this series, kind of like they did with Gilliman, kind of like they did with um, Dillian Karn and all of that, like Cypher and stuff like that. But I could see them using this as like the beginning edge into a new faction for Chaos. Because if you think about Chaos as a faction, they are really missing something that isn't a Marine yeah. or a Demon. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think... Like, yeah, we're getting world leaders and we can assume we're getting emperor's children. And I definitely think that's going to happen. I also think that neither of those solve that problem of like, what happens if you like the Necron flavor or the Ad Adeptus Mechanicus flavor, but you want it in chaos, right? That doesn't exist. What happens if you want the, the guard flavor, but you want it in chaos? It doesn't exist. And that's a great way for them to make more money, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think but, if they made models, it would sell like hotcakes. Like, I, I don't doubt that at all. It has a fan base. Just, yeah, I think that it's possible. Like, there are a lot of rumors out there, some of which are just absolutely bonkers. But I do think there are a subset that have been solidifying for a long time and are really believable. But none of those rumors have included AdMech being released for Chaos. At least not in any... Uh, appreciable timeline. But, you know, who knows what's coming years down the line. If this yeah. sells really, really well, I certainly would not leave it off the table what that they might go make it. Like, I would be interested to see if they did something wonky with the rules with this and maybe make, like, a uh, a supplement to add, to add mech itself. 
That is like, it doesn't have a new model range, which like wouldn't be the greatest, Mm -hmm. but the supplemental rules lets you turn them traitor with this is like the leading leader of it. That'd be cool. And then use regular ad mech models, just kit bashed however you wanted. Mm -hmm. I think you could do a similar thing with guard in some respects. Yeah, because I think we're pretty far out from getting a full-on Traitor Guard faction. You can technically take Traitor Guardsmen in Chaos Space Marines right now, but it's like a unit. I'm sorry, there's two units. Yeah, it's not quite the same. Mm -hmm. A little different. So, yeah. I mean, I think this model, just from the silhouette, is probably going to be absolutely wild. I I just don't think it's going to herald as much as we necessarily want. But I'm super interested to see whatever the lore pushes forward because I love following the lore of these games and uh, anything that could kind of kick the can down the road a little bit. I'm here for because I'm just excited to see a different villain that isn't Abaddon to be completely honest. I'm actually excited to see Abaddon be a villain because I feel like he has been stale for a little while. Um, since the release of when did they drop? Um, I don't know. I guess since his big thing on Cadia, he has really done nothing. Yeah, even with his new model refresh, like he didn't do a whole lot in the eighth edition storyline. He did some stuff, yeah, sure, but like most of it was his side characters. Yeah. Rather than him himself. So I'm I'm interested to see him going forward and anything to just kind of push the lore and the narrative forward. I'm I'm here for it. Because it can become a little stale. Like, you can only say, like, ah, we're almost dead for so long with nothing happening before it just becomes a little rote. Uh, And this is a good way to do it. So I actually thought it was a really cool reveal show. Um, I caught it after the fact. I didn't get to watch the actual reveal because, as I said, I was out in the middle of South Dakota with very little service. Um, But it was... It was pretty cool. I like what it heralds. I, I really hope it kind of bodes. Well, I hope it that it means that they're starting to try to listen more um, and be a little bit more upfront with those about what's coming further out because I think that transparency can go a long way. And uh, while none of this is something that I'm probably going to like rush out and buy, it's still stuff that all I, I think is pretty cool to see. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the... The goodwill is starting to get built back up as long as they keep it up and don't, like, burn it at the stake. Like, yes, the models have gone up in price and they're expensive because, like, yeah, 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 so is everything in the world. Uh, but also, like, not to devalue that, that's so important, but the rest of the, like, stuff with the game has been kind of frustrating, right? Like, the rules and everything else. And for me, something more recently that kind of made me go, oh, no, maybe they actually want to fix some of this was before squats, their big thing they've been building up to sell, like, hotcakes. They want to make it so, like, like they, they want to sell. They want to sell out of all of it constantly. Um, right before the models dropped, the rules came out, and they are busted. Like, they were super bad. And they changed the rules and nerfed the faction before release of the actual rules because the rules were too overpowered. And... It kind of immediately nips the the thing in the butt of like, oh, well, they make broken rules to sell models. Well, like, they make good rules to sell models, but they went too far with this one and they nerfed the rules. And that says a lot. And that made me feel a little bit more goodwill. And I think this Warhammer Day just added more fuel to that fire. And uh, if I don't get a world leader soon, uh, I'm going to lose my mind. I think they'll be here before the holiday season. I sure do hope. I, think, I work in logistics. I can work mad overtime to get some more world leaders. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to want it out before the holidays so that people can have it and get it in time to put it under, you know, Christmas trees and stockings and whatnot. Slaughter under the Christmas tree. Got it. <laughs> I think so. Like, genuinely, I do. Um, I think they're going to do the same thing with the Slaves to Darkness book and box. I think they're going to do the same thing with the Imperial Guard stuff. Uh, they're probably going to like put out their Christmas box sets that come out every year and try to get all of that out in time so that they can get a nice little injection of money towards the end of the year, which they always look forward to. Yeah, I can't wait for that new Demon Prince kit. It looks so good. Oh, uh, God. It's so like that in the new Slaves to Darkness stuff is so good. I might actually play Chaos. It's a problem. Join us. 
I will not play them the way you terrible bastards do, but I will play them. Come be a bastard with us, Joseph. Ugh. I will say Scourge of Fates has actually opened my mind to how cool Chaos Undivided can be. Um, this idea that like the demons are horrible and you should never supplicate yourself to them, but rather fight them at every possible instance while not denying their existence because they just are, is yeah. interesting. It's the best take in 40k, like base 40k too. Like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you liked that, you'll enjoy the Black Legion uh, novels too. I might, but the Black Legion has a weird taste. But yeah, if you haven't read Scourge of Fate, read it. Uh, it's it's actually really interesting. And by God, if there was more, I would read more of it. And that's a problem, because I shouldn't like Chaos. But here I am, maybe but- making Chaos Undivided for Slaves to Darkness. Because those models are just awesome. And they kind of leaked the codex some, so I know that the rules are probably going to be pretty freaking fun. Which, you know, that will probably be another video later on. Yeah, we get a whole lot of videos out of this uh, this day. Huh, that's very exciting. <laughs> Look at that! Episode ideas. I guess we won't just do 8,000 episodes on A Song of Ice and Fire from here until Doomsday. Although the de- the faction deep dives are coming, like just strap in for that. Not coming immediately, but they will most certainly be a thing that's happening as we each settle into our factions and become more experienced. Yes, and we might pull in some other people if they wanna and talk about theirs. Yeah, because you know you can't be an expert at every faction. It's not how that works. Um, at least we can't. And who knows? Maybe mess around. Maybe find a tournament. Maybe go to a tournament. Get our butts kicked. Have a time. Talk about it on the show. Go get Chinese buffet. Nothing makes your ass feel better after getting beat than uh, crab ragoons. It's true. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. I'm coming back from this vacation. I'm just refreshed to like play these games and just try to enjoy my personal time for myself. So uh, more episodes coming in the future. And if you like this and you appreciate that we try to take these things and put them into things that make sense and break them down for you if you miss the episodes, you know, like it, rate it, Share it. You know what to do. Y'all know what this is. Um, And we'll be working on more episodes over here on our end. But for now, it's been all of our opinions, Bonafide and Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all on the next episode.